Good morning and welcome to Trinity Assembly of God. The word says in Psalms 48, 1, great is the Lord and great and greatly to be praised. If uh, you want to join everybody, stand with me in a time of worship today. We can get things kicked off. Oh, I'm not. 
Praise God. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be here. Amen. Um, there's a few different things going on today. Carissa doesn't necessarily look like herself. Um, we're missing a Carissa over here. All the Carissas are gone. Um, Pastor Carissa, Pastor Ken, uh, Gary, Pastor Jamie, a lot of people are gone. They're all on vacation for spring break, but we're glad that you're here. Uh, if you're a guest with us today, uh, Mr. Somebody back there, or we're doing Andy today. All right, Andy is going to be walking down the aisle, and if you're a guest with us today, we want to welcome you home to Trinity. Uh, just slip up your hand. He'll give you an information card. Um, just fill it out and drop it off, and we'll keep in touch with you guys, and we're glad to see you all here today. <clears throat> Yesterday, we had our uh, food distribution, and it went really well. Um, there are leftovers, so after the altar service, say it with me, when? Okay, good. Um, you can go out to the barn and pick up some leftovers, hand them out to your neighbors, however you want to do that. Um, and all of our volunteers that we had yesterday, if you could please raise your hand. We want to thank you for coming out and serving the community. Um, let's see. Uh, Easter is approaching sooner than later, so um, check your bulletin. We have some interesting Easter information for you. On Saturday, April 1st, say it with me, Saturday, April 1st. Uh, Pastor Ken is conducting an Israel information session at 1030 in the Bible study room. Um, so if you're interested on that trip, you need to be there. If you can't make it, it will also be live streamed. Um, but that will have all the information that you'll need for the Holy Land trip. And if you're able to, I encourage you to go. That is like my number one destination that I want to go to. So um, if you're able, it will be an amazing trip. And I know Pastor has been there more than a few times, so he knows what he's talking about. Um, Palm Sunday is April 2nd, and um, Good Friday, we have a night of worship on the 7th. Um, let's see. Yeah, okay, good. There's a typo. You know how I have this script I have to stick to? Well, I there's typos sometimes, so... If pastor's watching, please fix these. All right. Um, there's a resurrection celebration on April 9th. So just to recap, we have the Good Friday coming up. Then we have our night of worship on the 7th. And then on the 9th, we have our Easter celebration. Um, and the details, sign-ups will be in the bulletin for that. There will be a breakfast in the lobby. Um, and we want to invite you guys to invite all of your friends, family, um, because we know the Lord has something good in store for that day. Um, as we re-enter a time of worship, I invite you all to stand with me. I don't know. It's in your bulletin. I don't know. What is happening? Does anyone know what's happening on the 28th? Annette? Oh, hey, the 28th, yeah, on the 28th, which is a Tuesday, 
the youth is having a uh, fundraiser at Texas Roadhouse. Um, just show up, have a nice meal, make sure you show them a flyer of some sort, and uh, yep, they'll get our donation in. All right, now let's stand for a time of worship. You turn it. 
There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare your I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone In your presence, Lord Let us become more 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being in this place today, God. We, we thank you that we have the opportunity to be in your presence today, Lord, that we know that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and you can do anything that's stacked against you, God. You are always here for us. You are our Redeemer, Lord. Every step of the way, you are right there. God, we just thank you. We ask you to fill this place as Pastor Jeff comes up and shares his word, your word with us today, Lord. And we ask that you just, you help us open our minds and our hearts up to the word that is prepared for us today, God. We thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In your name, amen. You all may be seated. Thank you, worship team. That was amazing. Pastor Jeff is going to come and share a word with us today. So let's give him a round of applause as he comes up. There? There we go. All right. I don't have to yell now. All right. First of all, I'm very excited to do this, and I thank Ken for trusting me to do this, even though he's not here. I'm sure he's watching me, but uh, I'm excited to be here. But I'm Jeff Sowers, my wife, Patty, my kids over there. So we're going to stand up. Before we start, though, I really need to pray. Is that Okay. Father God, we thank you for this beautiful day that we get to come here and go to come to church. Father God, use me today. Let me be calm. Let me not be nervous. Use the words that you've put in my heart to help one person today see what we're supposed to do today. In your precious name, amen. amen. While you're standing, we're going to, I got a verse here we're going to read out of Jeremiah 29, 11. <clears throat> it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and the future. If you want to turn to Jonah, we're going to be in Jonah Day, chapter 1. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, Jonah's one of my favorite stories in the Bible because it talks about how our plans can affect other people's lives. And sometimes we, do, we don't want to follow the plan God has called us to do. And Jonah was a prophet. Jonah's name mean dove. That means peace and calm. He was supposed to do what God called him to do. He was chosen by God to do God's work. And sometimes we're chosen to do God's work, and we say, no, I don't want to do that. So here, let's pick it up in Jonah in chapter 1. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Menti. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because it is witnesses has come before me. But Jonah Say this with me, ran away. When you were your kids, when your parents told you to do something, did you run away and hide? Because you know if you got caught, what would happen? You'd go see the stick in the tree or whatever mom and dad could put in their hand. But Jonah didn't run that far. He ran over 500 miles away from God. 
who knows you can't outrun God? You know, it's, he will eventually catch you and grab you. Back uh, 24 years ago, 23 years ago, I used to be a mailman. I made a lot of money as a mailman. You know mailmen make a lot of money? I was a mailman for seven years, and one day I was delivering my route, and God grabbed me and says, Jeff, I want you to be a pastor. And I was like, no. You know, I said, I, my excuse was, I said, but if I'm a mailman, I can give you more money, right? Because I made a lot of money. I said, God, I can give you more money. I can talk to people on the street. And he says, that ain't what I want you to do. I was like, but if I leave my job, I won't have any money. How am I going to survive? God says, I've got this. I struggled with this for like a month and a half, two months, and then one day we went on a retreat with our church, and I lived in New Mexico. We had really high mountains. I, said, I went on top of this mountain, and I sat there by myself, and I was probably up there a couple of hours, and I cried and cried and said, God, really? You really want me to do this to my family? You know, I threw my family in there. Like, how am I going to take care of my teenage daughters? How am I going to eat? How am I going to survive? And he says, I've got this. So I was, I'm retired military, and I had a good friend, good brother-in-law. I asked him, what should I do? He goes, trust God. See, like Jonah ran from God to hide what from God wanted him to do because he wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh where all the bad people lived. They were very mean people. You guys ever know a very mean person that you really, really don't want to hang out with or talk to? It's like, really, God? You want me to talk to that person? You don't know what they've done to my family. So back at my church, I went to my pastor, and I says, I think God's called me in the ministry. He goes, well, I can train you, but I can't pay you. You ever heard that before? I can, I can use you, but I can't pay you. So I went to my wife and kids. I said, told my daughters, I said, remember all those fancy clothes dad used to buy you? We can't do that anymore. As a teenager in high school, that would be hard for a teenager, right? But see, we, we follow God's plan, and God opened so many doors for us. Then Uncle Sam says, well, Jeff, I can pay you to go to college. So the government paid for me to get my degree and my Bible degree. You know, government don't like Christians, so, but they still paid for me to go to Bible school. So that's how it worked. But I still follow God's plan because in the end, God can take care of you. But what did Jonah do? He hid in the bottom of a boat. How many people did that affect when Jonah went to the bottom of the boat? Everybody on the boat, right? Because a big old storm came up and they were all scared and panicking. It's like, so when God puts someone in your life and you don't do the calling that God called you to do, you don't go talk to that person. He will go pray with that person. Then you find out later you should have went and prayed for that person because that person really needed a touch from God. Or you walk by that person at the store or you see someone on the street, ah, oh, they're, just, they're just bumming money. We don't need to help them. We can't pray for them. Does prayer cost anything? No. Can we pray for our enemies? Yes. Even if we don't like them, we still should pray for them. Because the last time I checked in the Bible, I think God loves everybody no matter what. And we should pray for anybody that needs prayer. So Jonah was in the bottom of the boat, and the guys on the boat, Jonah didn't like anyway, 
And they were freaking out because the storm was bouncing the boat up and down. And they went to Jonah, what do we do? Well, you got to throw me in the water. So what if you had to take someone that was causing trouble and throw them in the ocean? Could you do it? Yeah, because it's going to make the storm go away, right? Get out of here, man. I don't want you around me no more. So they threw him in the ocean. And guess who showed up? God showed up. And God did something really cool. I still don't understand how God did this because, you know, God is the coolest guy in the world. And he put Jonah in a little well, stuck him in the belly of a well. Do you guys know how dirty the bottom of a well could be? As a plumber, I know probably how dirty the bottom of that well was. But see, the cool thing in chapter 1 says this. It says, then Jonah set up, he goes, you cannot outrun, because in Psalms 139.7 says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? See, Jonah tried to flee from God's presence. Did, Jonah, did God leave Jonah in all this time of trouble that he was dealing with? Has God ever left you in a time when you thought he wasn't there? When you feel like your world's been turned upside down? Thinking, how can God help me now in this problem? You're thinking, man, if I would have just listened that one time to my parents and told me I shouldn't do that. How many times did it take your parents to tell you not to run across the street because you might get hit? And you still did it, right? Because I can do this. My parents don't know what they're talking about. But sometimes we do that with God. You're saying, God, you don't know my problem. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know how mean these people are to me. Really? But we still question God because we don't want to trust him fully. We will trust him when we want to get what we want, not what God wants to do for us. Because if I'd have listened to the people back in the day when I decided to not follow God, how many people would I miss out on telling how cool God was? When you miss that opportunity that God puts that person in front of you, you got 30 seconds, say 30 seconds, to change someone's life. You could change that person's eternity, where they're going to end up the rest of their life, by sharing God's word. Well, pastor, they got tattoos, they got earrings, they got holes in their pants. Who cares? When we get to heaven, we're all going to look the same. We're going to have beautiful bodies that don't hurt. And, you know, that's pretty cool because we can eat whatever we want up there. We don't gain weight. That's the best part. But sometimes we let the negativity of people, the way they look and act, stop us from helping them. And that just drives me crazy because there's so many people that need to hear God's word that people won't take 30 seconds out of their life to change their life. The question you ask yourself is, where would you be today if no one ever brought you to church? Where would your family be at today? It's kind of scary, but see, Jonah gets in the bottom of that well, and guess who he talks to? The guy he said no to, right? When we're really feeling bad, we run to our parents to ask for help. Because sometimes we need that parent authority to say, hey, you messed up, you need to do this. But see, in chapter 2, it says this. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord. The coolest part, he says, he answered me, right? 
From deep in the rim of the dead, he called help and he listened to my cry. In Psalm 61, 8, it says, Then will I ever sing praise to your name and fill my vows day after day. I really liked the worship band. They did an amazing job today. They sang all of my favorite songs because I was really nervous. I love to sing. But sometimes we get so busy singing, but we forget to sing to God when everything's going good. We only run to him when our world's falling apart. I used to tell my kids, I said, when's the last time you prayed at Taco Bell for the burrito you're about to eat? Right? We forget to thank God for the food he gives us, but we'll run to God when we need something. You know, I have some, I'm going to show you something here. Probably 80% of the people might know this. The kids are not here. This is my favorite toy. Right? The question is, the last time you talked to God, was it when these were allowed? Because sometimes we'll, we'll talk to God only if we need something. But we'll forget to thank him every day and what he does in our life. I thank God for calling me into ministry. I really do. Has it been easy? No. Life isn't easy. Because you have to sacrifice what you do. See, Jonah was just scared of trusting God. He didn't want to go help the people that was really, really mean to him. But see, Jonah was a prophet. He was a peacemaker. His name meant dove. He was supposed to be nice to people, right? You ever been mean to someone? You think, wow, why did I do that? Or you're driving the car in Columbus? It's easy to get upset when they cut you off, right? You grab the wheel and you're like, Arr! but you still got to pray for them. Because you don't know how far your prayer will go. One day that person might walk into your church. Like, I prayed for that person. They, they came to church. But maybe you plant that seed in their heart years before. You're thinking, has God really showed up? Because sometimes we think prayer is like going to McDonald's through the drive-thru. We pray at the window, we get our food, we go home. We pray for God. Sometimes he, he takes a while right? Is God fast? I don't think he does whatever he wants to. He's a powerful God, but he will answer your prayer because me and my wife prayed for a year and a half to do what we did, a year and a half to say we're going to sell our house and move back to the coolest state in the world because <laughs> Ohio is cool. I'm from here, so I can say that, but people always ask me back there. They go, pastor, you've been at that church for a long time. So you're going to leave? Yeah, it's time to go. It's time to go. God has a plan for us, but we do not know what it is. And there, they did, some of the people was like, I don't know, man. I don't know how you're going to do that. Well, I know I have a place to live for a while, so I have a house I can stay at. But it was a big leap to drive across for three days in a big U-Haul everything we had, sell the house that we lived in for 28 years. Scary, right? But see, Jonah had a job, but he didn't want to do it because he thought God didn't want to help the people that he was going to help. And sometimes we do that in life. You know, that was a scary situation for us to drive. Then we look for house after house after house. Anybody ever try to buy a house in Columbus? It's not really fun because people lie. They 
put the fake pictures on the internet. And then the day that we found our house, I got off work and I, I said, okay, babe, we looked at this house. I was pretty excited about this house. And we're driving. She goes, we're not going there. How many men listen to their wives when they tell you yes? You should always listen to your wife because they're really smart. Women are the smartest people in the world. So you've got to trust them. So we're driving and we're driving down Mound Street. You guys ever drove down Mound Street? Sometimes it's kind of scary, right? We're driving, and I'm telling my wife, I said, babe, I, I don't know. I don't want to, this doesn't look nice. I really don't, don't want to live over here. And her worst says, she goes, trust me. And sometimes we don't trust God in a situation that he puts us in. See, if Jonah would have trusted God from the beginning, he wouldn't have had to stay in the belly of the whale. Can you imagine being... I would just be gross, right? That's like drinking water after your grandbabies, right? Because sometimes they just, they backwash it. So we're, we're driving up to this house, and we found it down here on Ray Street, and we found it, and I was like, okay. And it closed that day, the house that we found. And we qualified for 215000 to buy a house with my retirement, and it was for two hundred. And the realtor, we had a great realtor, took us all over the state. And, uh, and the lady said, I said, we'll go to 215. And my wife said, are you sure? I said, yeah. And my realtor said this, she goes, if it comes in less, you gotta make up the difference. I said, all right, we're good. God's got this. It closed at seven that day. So we bid the 215, 738 she called us said the house was ours. So we went from church to church, looking for a church. And I Googled this church one day. We showed up, and we fell in love. So God had a plan to put us here. So you have to trust the plan God has for you. So the cool part about it in chapter 3, who showed up? Who do you think showed up in chapter 3 to help Jonah? God showed up, right? God showed up and made a way, this is the gross part, shoot him out of the belly of the well. He had to throw him up, right? Shoots him out on dry land. So Jonah takes off, and guess what? Jonah still complaining. Still, after God saved him from a storm, saved him from the belly of the well, he still complained. How many times we complain to God, we're like, well, God, that ain't what I really wanted the prayer for. I, you know, I wanted something else, and you gave me this. Why don't you give me that? That's what I really want, but you gave me this. You know, sometimes God will give you something to test your, if you're going to take care of it. You know, kids will say, I want a bike. Well, you're not taking care of the bike you have. Why is God going to give you another bike? And we're praying and we say, God, I want a new house. Well, take care of the one you have. But we, sometimes we forget what God has given us and we don't want to take care of it. So Jonah gets spit out on the land, and he's thinking, okay, I'll, I'll do what you said, God. I'm going to go do it, but he still complained. So he's there. It took him three days to get across the land, 40 days to do what God called him to do. In the back of his mind, he says, I really hope these people don't listen to what I'm saying. Ain't that crazy? You know, if God puts someone in your life, and you're thinking, well, I'll do it because you told me to do it, but I really hope they don't come to my church because they're really different. That's, that's nuts. 
Because I think the day Jesus died, he took a robber with him to heaven. And I think if Jesus can do what he did on the cross for us, we should be able to do what he asked us to do while we're here. I don't know any of us could go through what Jesus did that week. I, I, I don't think I could. You know, I couldn't sit there and watch my son go through something that people made fun of him about. I don't know about you, when your kids get hurt, I don't know if your heart breaks because you can't fix them. You have to trust the doctor that God trained to take care of your children. And sometimes in life, we forget to do that. You know, we forget to, we forget why God called us to do what we did. When's the last time you've been with someone that is really, really sick and you're praying for them? You say, God, heal them. You need to, you need to fix these people. They're sick. And God doesn't. And God takes them home. Is it because you didn't pray hard enough? No, it's God's plan, not your plan. Because if you try to run your plan without using God, your plan's going to fail. It might work for a while, you know. It's like if you never put gas in your car, it's eventually it's going to stop, right? We get our gas from the Bible and praying. If you spend five minutes a day in the Bible, God can change your life. Five minutes. That's all it takes. He's not asking for the whole day. You know, five minutes in the Word can help you grow better. Because you, what do you do when you get up? You eat, right? Then why, should, why shouldn't we eat the Word of God, put it in our soul, so maybe during the day we can help somebody? Because God's going to put someone in your life every day to make them different. And if we don't realize that, we're going to lose the people that need our help right now. Because there's so many people out there in pain that don't trust the churches because they feel the church all they want is their money. God's got the money. We ain't got to worry about that. God will take care of us. So picture Jonah walking through Nineveh, seeing all these people that were nasty, messy, dirty. And he preached over 120,000 people got saved. Biggest revival in the Bible. 120,000 people. And guess what? He still complained. Still complained. And we complain if we pay more for gas. Can you imagine? I, I couldn't imagine preaching and 120,000 people got saved. That would be, like, amazing. We get excited if one person comes. But see, Jonah was still mad at God because he said, we shouldn't help those people because they're different. Why should your grace and love help the people no one else loves? He says they're murderers. They're thieves. So the question you ask yourself is, is one sin more powerful than the other sin? I think stealing a candy bar and robbing a bank can still keep you out of, out of heaven, right? One's just going to send you to prison. The other one's you're going to get in trouble. But one, all sins are equal in God's eyes. Talking about someone, I hope they don't get that promotion. I want it. When's the last time you... Praise someone for getting promoted over you at work. 
right? We don't, we don't want to do that because we want to be better than the person in front of us. But if you sit back and work really hard and trust God's plan that he has for you, you will be seen by other people's eyes and God will bless you and your family. You cannot outwork or give God. Because the more we give God, the more he's going to give us back. And see, Jonah didn't realize that. He, so the next day, God says, all right, Jonah, I know you want to die. I know you're mad at me, and you don't think we should help those people over there. So I'm going to give you a tree to cry under. So God brought up a tree, made it nice and shady for Jonah, and he's sitting there, you know, and he just still, what, complaining because he wasn't happy and he didn't think God was using him the way God should use him. And um, I'm, really, I'm really past all those. You can just leave that there. I really messed that up. That's okay. I got it up here. So Jonah sat there and he said, I wish I could just die because I don't think these people need what they need. Here's what, God's really cool when he does stuff, you know, because God will say something. This is what Jonah said. He wanted God's goodness to be shown only to the Israelites, not the Gentiles. That's like saying only this side of the church gets to go to heaven. These guys don't get to go. First four rows get to go to heaven. Everybody else can't go. <laughs> right? That's what Jonah was saying. Jonah was saying, those people ain't important enough to go to heaven. Last time I checked in the book, I think God said he loved everybody unconditionally, that everybody deserves a shot to go to heaven. A lot of times we'll come to church by ourselves because we don't want to invite anybody to come. We're afraid they might say no. How many times did you say no before you came to church? A lot? Who has kids that don't go to church? You know? We should pray for our children, our grandkids, in this crazy world we live in because there are a lot of mean people out there, right? But I believe without a doubt prayer can change people's lives. I believe the more we pray for that person, the more they're going to turn around. See, the best about, part about us moving here, God gave us a great church to be in. He gave me a great job to work at. And, you know, you always, as a pastor, you tell people, church, outside of the church is the church. Right? You guys believe that? Church doesn't stay in the walls. It stays outside. So where I work at, people always ask me that, ask me those questions. But they ask me that question because... <clears throat> I try to do the best I can to be a good person. Do we all slip up? Yep. I'm sure husbands get in trouble from their wives because sometimes we forget to take out the trash or we don't want to listen while the game's on the TV and we forget to pause the TV because they're asking us questions and we have that thing called selective listening, right? And sometimes we have selective listening with God because we only listen to him what we want to hear and not what he wants to tell us. Because if we listen to all of it, then maybe we might have to change the way we live or the way we act. 
because Jonah only listened to the part that he wanted to hear what God wanted him to do. He goes, I will go there, but I'm not going to like it. I'm going to do what you want me to do, but I'm really not going to be happy about it. Because sometimes in life we do that with our spouse or our kids. Our kids will say, I'll do that, but I really don't want to do that. I'm going to take that job, but I really don't want to do that job because I really don't want to be, do that. But I got a story I want to share with you about a young lady. She was 12 at the time. And we used to do our own kids' camp every year. We'd take two or 300 kids to camp. Can you imagine watching 200, 300 kids at camp? It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. They were, they were really spunky. They were spunky. They had a lot of energy. And we had these six girls. We called them our cowboy girls. They rode horses. That was they, the boots, the belt buckle. They had those big belt buckles on and their jeans. And they were just the coolest girls ever. And then one night we, we was doing a sermon on, uh, I was doing a sermon on trust, how we should trust God and let God take the will of our life. So we played this song, Jesus Take the Wheel. So all these girls stood up, started singing, and they were like, okay, this is going to go somewhere. They're not going to listen to anything I said. They're just so happy to sing the song that's on the screen. And at the end, we did the altar call, and they all came up. This little girl named Shania came up. <clears throat> I'm trying to do this out crying. I get very emotional. <clears throat> but she came up, and we prayed with her. I said, Shania, what do, you, what do you want to pray about? She goes, well, for one, I want to have God in my heart. And two, I know my parents will never get back together because they were both in a bad situation. She goes, I just want my family to go to church. That was her prayer, for my family to go to church. I don't care if they fall in love with God. I just want them to come to church one day. Twelve-year-old, wanting their family to go to church, knowing what, how they lived and everything. They weren't the very nicest people, but they still loved their kids, and they loved God in a way. So about a month later, two months later, she was in an accident on a horse. <coughs> Excuse me. She ended up dying that day. She crushed her skull. So <coughs> as a kid's pastor, I didn't tell you that it would make you sad. I just, I loved her to death. So I went to the house, and her mom asked me this question. I never forget what her mom said to me. She goes, How's my daughter? I said, she's fine. What do you mean she's fine? I said, I know where she's at today. She goes, where is that? I said, she's in God's hands. She's in heaven. <clears throat> she asked me, how do you know that? I said, because we prayed. Oh, did that work? She's in heaven. She did it from her heart, unconditionally. I said, I didn't tell her mom this, what she told me, because it's Pastor Kavanaugh, you know, you can't do that stuff. So <clears throat> I didn't say nothing a week later. My pastor called me in the office. He says, Jeff, you're part of the funeral. I said, I looked at my pastor and I says, no, because I've never done one. And I, he goes, you got this. And that's all he said to me. So for three days, me and my wife were just like going crazy. So I get up to the, do the service and all there is this little coffin. And you're thinking, did I do everything I could to get that little girl to heaven? That's when it clicked, the plan. God put me in her life so she can go to heaven. If I'd have said no, maybe she'd have been there, maybe not. 
But that little girl is in God's arms because I accepted the plan God called me to do. The question you got to ask someone, he goes, when you get to heaven, who's going to be there with you? Are you going to go by yourself? Or are you going to have people with you? I don't know about you, but that was a scary day for us to do that. I walked, there was like 500 people in the church, and her family were all there. And that's what I talked about. Her, her faith was one of you here today, and it happened. I said, I know you're sad she's gone. But man, but she's in a place riding a horse today that no one can take away. And that's what you've got to ask yourself. Are you willing to do the plan God's called you to do, or are you willing to just sit in the pew and say, well, wow, those people can do it. And, I, you know, I, I think about that all the time because I'd, I'd go, me and my wife would go somewhere and we'd pray someone, for someone. I'd come out and I'd say, babe, I, I think I'm the last person praying for that person. I think they're going to heaven today. She goes, babe. And sure enough, you could just, you feel that presence like Pastor talked about last week. When you're at a bedside with a person and you're with them and you know the next face they're going to see is the coolest person that ever walked this earth. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited because one day I get to meet my best friend. Because he is the coolest guy in the world. And if you don't know him, you're missing out on a blessing that God can change your life. I'm not saying he's, your life's going to be easy as a Christian. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Right? But see, God's plan for us is to teach many, as many people as we can about the coolest person that he sent here. I get chill bumps thinking about what if I was able to walk with Jesus when he was around down the streets? Because I've been to Brazil on mission trips, and that changed my life because those people have nothing. And it was a cool one night, with the first night we was there. First time I've ever been on a mission trip, we showed up, we had to wear jeans in the summertime in Brazil. And it was hot. And we're walking down this street, and we see all, you see the drug dealers over there and the ladies and everybody drinking. And we go to this house, we plug in a, a little cord to this person's house, so we're stealing electricity to have church. But I thought we were, but it was okay. So we're having church in the middle of the street with all the drug addicts and everybody drinking and everybody, and we're sitting there and I'm telling my buddy, Charles, he goes, I said, dude, this is what Jesus did. Jesus did this when he was around. He hung out with people that no one liked. You know, and we're sitting there, and all these people that were over us, they come down and get saved. We were there like a week, and there was like three or 400 people that came and got saved that, the whole time we were there. Coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. But also, Jesus does remind us in the Bible that the church is made for sick people. Don't let someone's, the way they live, the house they live in, or the money they don't have, keep them from knowing the coolest person in the world. You see, Jonah did his job, but he still complained. You know, but it's just, I, I, I got one more verse for you, and I'm going to show you something on, uh, I'm going to show you a video. In Matthew 12, 40 through 41, it says this. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish, 
so the Son of Man will be there for three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Think about that. Jesus did what Jonah did, but in a different way. Jesus' way was kind of rougher, but he had a better place to sleep, right? But he'd said that because he knew this was going to happen and Jonah was going to do something really special. You ever sit back and think about where you would be in life if you'd have made a different decision? What if you'd have never asked the person you, you fell in love with to be your wife? What if you'd have never had the kids you had? What if you'd have done, treated your kids a little bit differently? What if you just saved a little bit more money than you bought something? Or you go to the store and you buy something, you, you, as you've seen on TV, and you buy it and you get it home and it doesn't work? You get disappointed, right? But I guarantee you one thing. If you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you'll never regret it. You might hit a bump in the road. Your car might fall apart. Your wife might yell at you. Your kids will be in trouble. But in the end, God's got your back. He had Jonah's back from the beginning to the end. Only he didn't like the way it happened. But what if Jonah would have listened from God in the beginning and not went 500 miles out of his way? How many times are we walking down the street and we see someone that God put in our life and think like, I'm going to walk on the other side of the street so I don't have to talk to that person. When's the last time you knocked on your neighbor's door because they play music loud or they're mean to you? Knocked on the door or gave them cookies or a bottle of water? When's the last time you thank someone at the cashier line when you're paying for your groceries when they overcharge you? Where they mess your meal up at a restaurant? Why do, we, why do we do that? Why do we complain all the time? It's easy to complain, right? You guys ever complain to your wife and it doesn't, doesn't do any good, right? <laughs> but sometimes we complain to other people outside of our family. We all need to have an accountability partner in life. We need to have someone that we can talk to and trust. I had two great pastors back home that took care of me the whole time when we were praying about coming here. Prayed for me before I left. You've got to have someone that you can trust and hold on to. Someone that you can run to when your world's falling apart. When you pick up that phone and you call, hey, can you pray for me? And they pray for you right then. If someone asks you to pray for you in a store, a restaurant, don't say, okay, I'll do that later. No. Do it on the spot. True story, I did it at the airport one day for a guy. I just because I, I love to talk to people. I'll make friends wherever I go. But I did meet Grant, a basketball player at an airport, just saying. I'm not afraid to talk to him. But I, talked, I was talking to this guy about life. And I go, yeah, I'm a pastor. He goes, really? I'm going through this and this. Can you pray for me? I said, all right, let's do it. Freaked him out. He didn't think I was going to do it. You know, when people ask you to pray for, oh, they're really not going to. I did it. And people were looking at me at the airport. I don't care. I do not care. I'll pray for someone anywhere, anyway, anyhow. Because that might be the last time you have that chance. Because we get really frustrated and we don't want to try. I got a video I want you to watch. This is a really cool one, and I hope you enjoy it. I'm so sorry. We did everything we could. 
Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all that's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can save Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong and his grace is free And the good news is I know that he Can do for you what he's done for me Let me tell you about my Jesus And let my Jesus change your life
So um, can you put that verse up that Jeremiah 29, 11 on the screen? You guys are wondering why I gave you a puzzle piece? Because part of, every one of us is part of God's plan. You can put this puzzle piece wherever you want it. It's just a simple little thing. You can write Jeremiah on one side and God's plan on the other. Hang it on your refrigerator, your car. Each one of us in this room and online, wherever we're at in the world, has a part of God's plan. The question you got to ask yourself, don't be like Jeremiah and say no. Be like everyone, just say yes, God, I'm going to do whatever you've called me to do. Whatever it costs, I might not have a lot of money, I might not be able to talk a lot, I might talk funny, I might look different. You know, God used Moses, and he was really old, to go through the desert. If God can call me to ministry, he can use anybody, is what I always say. The cool part is God can use anybody on a given day to change someone's life. Look at his 12 disciples. Wasn't that a motley crew? Every one of them had a problem, but God doesn't look at our problem. He looks at our heart. God looks at your heart, not your problem. God can fix anybody on any given day if you're willing to do God's plan. So I'm going to have the worship band come up if they're ready. They probably didn't know they were going to sing. They can sing anything they want. I trust them. But I made a little thing here. It says, little thing, it just says God's plan. Um, we're going to do an altar call. Because I believe there's someone here that's missing their puzzle piece. Missing what God's called them to do. Or maybe they had a person in their life that they forgot to say something to. And they regret that position. Maybe they need to ask God to help them talk to their neighbor or their kids that don't know Jesus. Maybe you're afraid that God doesn't give you the right words to share his love. Well, pastor, I don't have a degree in the Bible. It doesn't take a degree in the Bible to tell someone that God loves them. There could be someone in the hospital that's really sick that you get that opportunity to go talk to them. Maybe that's your opportunity to lead them to the Lord. I had a young youth pastor one day. I, I told him that he was really young. I said, you never know if that homeless person is going to sit at the church. They might need you to bring them in. part is he thought I set it up but I didn't but you never know when God's going to use you to change someone's life my kid's a pastor now you never know what God can do to help you change someone's life it could be your co-worker it could be your mailman it could be the person in the grocery store so my deacons are going to help me. But if you want prayer for anything that's in your life today, if you don't know Jesus, I, we would love to pray with you. If you're sick, 
or if you're ready to make a decision about a plan that you need to do but you're afraid to do it because we really don't trust God with the plan that he put on our heart. Don't be like Jonah and run. Don't be like Jonah and run 500 miles out of the way to do something God's called you to do. God's called you to this church for a reason. God's called you here to do something amazing for Pastor Ken. Pastor Ken needs help. He needs prayer. He brought me all the way across the country up here. But don't give up on God. Don't give up on that friend that no one loves. You know, because one day we're going to be in heaven and God's going to say, why didn't you help that person I sent you? Why didn't have the time? And you got to say that in front of God in heaven. You didn't have time to say that person in front of you. I don't know about you, but that'd be kind of scary. So the worship band's going to sing. The altar's open. Come on down. We'd love to pray with you guys. Really? 
just found out that uh, Gary Buchanan, did I say that right? Yep. Gary Buchanan, they just had a loss in their family. So we need to pray and lift up that family. So let's all gather together. Father God, we come before you today to lift up a family of Gary, lost a loved one, Father God. I pray you be with the family in every situation, every decision, Father God. It is so hard when we lose someone that we love. Lord, I pray you just, whatever room they're in, whatever decisions they're making, I pray you just fill that room with your love and your Holy Spirit and touch every family member that their heart is shattered today, Father God. Because it's, it's when that happens, we know it's going to happen, but it still breaks our heart, Father God. We just want to hold on to them forever. But I pray you put someone in their life to comfort them, give them peace and joy, Father God, and just love on them in every moment they have, Father God. The people that are traveling in to be with the family that is in shock and in pain, Lord, we know that you're the biggest God, the biggest person that can take care of any situation in life. And we know without a doubt you're going to be with that family. But I pray as they lay their heads down tonight on the pillow, that you hold them with your arms and just catch every tear that's fallen down their face. And every heart that is broken, Father God, I pray you piece by piece, you put it back together. And I pray you just be with everyone involved, Lord, in your precious and holy name. Amen. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us
Where my heart becomes 